slash mama podcast. These are the top 20 questions that women have. And as a four part series, we are wrapping up with our final five questions. Those questions include incontinence. Actually, incontinence can affect up to 50% of adult women. Fatigue is on our list today, along with tingling in the extremities like our fingers and toes. We also have on the list today, PMS during pre or perimenopause, which I was not expecting, bioidentical hormones, hormone replacement therapy, and natural alternatives, the differences, and some great tips for that. Towards the end of the podcast, I'm going to share with you the way you can actually test your hormones through a kit in the convenience of your own home. Now, remember, I am not a doctor. So before you start any nutritional or exercise program, please contact your doctor or your healthcare practitioner. If you get any value or you enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to rate, review it if possible, share it with a friend, maybe somebody else that is going through this. So tingling extremities actually happens to more women going through pre or perimenopause than you think. I actually am speaking from experience here. My tingling actually came because I had taken some diet pills. I took the fentermine diet pill and it caused me to lose a lot of circulation in my extremities. I did it for almost six months, I would say. And it was great because I lost 25 pounds. But the side effects really, they still, I've been off of it for two years and it still stuck with me. That is also a common problem for women that are going through menopause. It could be a circulatory issue, but it could also be related to the decline of our hormone production. Our glands and our hormones all work together and they feed off of each other and they need to be healthy in order for the system to work properly. Sometimes a struggling thyroid gland may also contribute to the tingling in your extremities. And if you want to narrow that down, see if you have any other symptoms. When you have thyroid issues, your body temperature tends to run lower, especially when you wake up in the morning. You may also experience weight gain or weight loss unexpectedly. Your hair may be thinning not only on your head, but also at the end of your eyebrows. Those can be symptoms showing you that maybe you're having more of a thyroid issue that a lot of women struggle with. Glands work together and the adrenal glands may also be struggling. So we're going to do a whole show on just thyroid and adrenal in the future because that can have its own little group of symptoms. A great remedy for the tingling of the extremities, it can be as simple as increasing circulation in the body. So starting a walking program or an exercise program, doing stretches, increasing your nutrition, B12 can actually be a really good thing to add in. Also balancing your calcium and magnesium, along with potassium. There is a great uh, herb or in a, it's a spice, actually, it's turmeric and turmeric can help with inflammation and increase your circulation. 
and I'll post a great product in the description so you can check that out. Fatigue is the next thing we're going to talk about. And again, if if thyroid or even adrenals are part of that, you're also going to experience your fatigue. So can just being in menopause. I mean, our bodies are trying to acclimate to this reduction of hormone. We are going through a change, a big change, and it can affect your moods. It can affect your uh, libido. It can affect your energy levels. So fatigue is something that we can easily remedy if you're experiencing some nutritional deficiencies. Let's talk about a few things that can create those nutritional deficiencies. If you are taking anything like a stomach acid neutralizer, Tums or Rolades, if you're doing any of the uh, proton pump inhibitors, Prilosec or Nexium, anything like that can actually create fatigue in your body because you're not able to break down nutrients from our foods. Stomach acid is required by the body to break down what we consume. Any of the food that we get in our diet, you're going to eat that. It starts in the mouth when you break down that food and mix it with some of your saliva, which is amylase, to help break down your food. And as it passes through the stomach, our stomach acids are supposed to go and break everything down. It then passes the food from the stomach after it's broken down into the intestines where we can absorb our nutrients. Some of that is affected for people that are on these stomach acid neutralizers. The problem is that they take it because they have maybe had a little bit of uh, indigestion or they have a little bit of heartburn and this is what the doctor prescribes. Well, it does fix it because it can take that stomach acid away. But most people are not deficient in stomach acid as they get older. It's very uncommon to actually overproduce stomach acid when you get older. Remember, our body is declining in pretty much everything. So it doesn't make sense that it's going to all of a sudden kick up stomach acid, right? What happens is our stomach acid in our stomach, when we start producing that, it signals the sphincter valve, which is at the end of the esophagus to close up. It has its little, a little lid, it pops closed. And that's what stomach acid does. When it starts to bubble up, it says, okay, shut that off. So food can go down, but food can't come back up into the esophagus. If you're not producing enough stomach acid, that signal gets lost and your body doesn't know that sphincter valve does not close up. So some of the stomach acid can either get on top of the food or it will bubble up into the esophagus or the throat and it kind of creates a indigestion or a heartburn feeling. I am a huge fan of using enzymes with your food and you generally take them a little before. I will post a link in the description of a couple of different ones that I really like. Another thing that can really affect your energy levels or create fatigue is mental stress. There was a study that shows that people that have high stress jobs where they use their brain and their their mind more actually crave sugar more because our minds want that stimulant. A lack of exercise can also contribute to fatigue. We talked about our circulation, but also working our bodies is going to build strength and endurance. 
Now I say this very gently and I am terrible at working out and I just struggle with the motivation sometimes to go and do a workout. Since we're talking about exercise, we'll bring up our next question. Did you know that urinary incontinence actually affects almost 50% of adult women. Now you know why you see all those commercials on TV about the poise pads. It is very common. And there's several things that you can do to help with that. First, I would suggest is really paying attention to what you do to exercise that area. You can do pelvic floor exercises that can really increase the strength of your pelvic floor. And kegels are fantastic for helping someone that struggles with urinary incontinence. There's actually three different kinds of urinary incontinence. And the most common is the leakage, which those things can really help. You can also take some collagen and increase your protein to actually benefit the muscles. You want to work them and give them what they need nutritionally. We have an overactive bladder, which kind of affects the ability to hold it in. Once you know you need to go, you just have to go. And I want to give you a little tip. We talked about how the mind is super powerful. Well, sometimes what we don't realize is we're just kind of signaling our body to just, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like the bathroom may be in sight, but you aren't there yet but you're not telling your body to wait. You're just saying, okay, there it is. Let's go. And because the muscles are weaker than when you were younger, you can't hold it in. So be careful about signaling to the brain and telling it, okay, we're going to go to the bathroom when you aren't there yet. The third thing is a, uh, like a nerve damage, and that can happen in childbirth or various other things, whether car accident or surgeries, that is another thing that can actually cause a urinary incontinence. With any of these, you want to consider exercising, again, the pelvic floor, the kegels, but also pay attention to what you're eating and drinking. Caffeine can actually stimulate that. It's a diuretic along with alcohol. So keep in mind, if you're not going to be able to go to the bathroom when you need to or as quickly, or if you're going for a walk, avoid those things. Certain foods are also going to affect the bladder such as sugar. Sugar can really cause some bladder issues if you're not careful. If none of these natural ways show any improvement for you, definitely talk to your doctor. There are prescriptions that you can take. There's a therapy that you can do where they do like a TENS machine or some type of a machine to tighten the muscles. And there is also surgery, which is, you know, in my opinion, usually a last resort, but at least you know that there are options. It's really, really hard when this is something that's hanging over your head all the time. If it affects your quality of life, you need to do something about it. I was under the misconception that once you started having perimenopause, that you would not experience PMS. And that is absolutely 100% incorrect. You can have PMS during perimenopause. I can't tell you how uncomfortable and unpleasant that is, but it is. So definitely look into some options of balancing the hormones 
I will share a menopausal formula that can actually benefit if you're having PMS. Again, we always talk about progesterone and how that can alleviate a lot of the symptoms that we struggle with, whether it is PMS or if it is perimenopause or premenopause. Keep in mind, there are things that you can do. You do not have to live with it. Having PMS while you're having perimenopause is not fun. You you expect to not have both at the same time, but it can absolutely happen. The last thing on my list today, I want to bring up some options that you have when it comes to treating this part of your life. When you start reaching the perimenopausal stage or even in premenopausal, there are a lot of things that you can do. We've talked about progesterone cream and the benefits of that. That has been a game changer for me and I absolutely love it. However, I need additional help sometimes and I like to use some oral supplements to help me out. The options that are available besides natural health are bioidentical hormones or hormone replacement therapy. The difference between those are not as big as you think. A lot of people think if they're doing the bioidentical hormones, that it is 100% natural, and that is not always the case. Bioidentical hormones are also created in a lab just as synthetic hormones. Most of the time, when you're taking a hormone replacement therapy, such as a pharmaceutical product, they are going to have you take one pill a day or whatever you take, and it's going to be daily. They do not tell you to cycle it as you would have your normal cycle, and that can cause some symptoms in its own. They generally work pretty well up front, as do most pharmaceutical products. Anytime you introduce a foreign object into the body, you may get quick results, but they may not be favorable as time goes on. Natural is what we're striving for. Bioidentical hormones, most of the time, those are a little more natural because they're actually, you're they're taking your hormones and they're finding out what you're needing versus just here's a pill, one size fits all. Doing your research on, for example, the pharmaceutical products, Premarin, which is the most common estrogen supplement, is made of pregnant mare urine. And the story is a little disturbing if you want to dive into that on how they make it. But it is a one a day pill that you take. There is no catering to each person. That has been the traditional. And honestly, not everybody is estrogen deficient. A lot of us could be progesterone deficient. The bioidentical hormones are better in the sense that you can find out what you're deficient in and they will cater it or develop it to what you're needing. But again, they're both synthetically created in a lab. From what I have heard or read, even with the bioidentical hormones, the pharmacist that is creating them or whoever you're getting them from, they're not telling you to rotate them as you would a normal cycle. We talked about on progesterone, you want to use it for 21 days, no more than 21 or 25 days, depending on your cycle each month. And then you're going to go off of it for those seven days that we're allowing for your menstrual cycle. Even if you don't have one, we're still allowing time for your body 
to have that normal cycle. If you don't do that, it can actually confuse the body a little bit. And we just want to make it as easy as possible for your body to adapt. The last thing we want to do is cause more stress and confusion. Whether you end up doing a pharmaceutical or a bioidentical or take it into your own hands and start using the nutritional based or the natural based, you really want to make sure that you are really seeking out someone that has studied specifically women's cycle health. I've talked about John Lee, his book, What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Menopause, because he is a medical doctor that practiced for his whole life. And when he got to the end of that practice, he thought, you know, I've been doing some things wrong, and I want to make it right. And that is why he wrote the book. And I actually love it. It's very well written, very informative. You can really just get some good information out of that. I highly recommend anybody to grab that book up and check it out. As promised, I'm going to share a link in the description of a way that you can actually test your own hormones and get a better idea of what you might be deficient in so that you can better assist your body in balancing. According to Dr. Lee, testing the blood can leave questionable results and he recommends doing a saliva test. I'm sharing with you in the description a link on a saliva testing kit that you can do from the convenience of your own home, and it can give you some results pretty quickly. Keeping in mind that the goal with our hormones is to keep them happy and keep them balanced. That is our goal. And the only way you can really do that is by taking action and making it your responsibility, whether you work with a doctor or a pharmacist, or you just do it on your own, you just really need to make sure that you're proactive in the decisions of what you're doing with your body. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hot Flash Mama podcast, and I will catch you next week.